somewhere in space. This may all be happening right now. Welcome to Star Wars at the Movies. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. At the Movies. An international oral history of cinematic experiences from a galaxy far, far away. I've seen Star Wars about a dozen times. I've seen Star Wars 17 times. 17 times. Star Wars? Uh, 24 times. 40 times and it was great each time. 45. About 57 times. You can never get too much of Star Wars. I... I've seen the first Star Wars 153 times. All together, we have seen Star Wars 324 times. We've been here for six days and it's great! Hello there. Welcome to episode 5 of the Star Wars at the Movies podcast. My name is Stephen Danley, and, well, these are some interesting times in terms of Star Wars movie-going, aren't they? Though the main goal of this show has and will continue to be to offer an oral history of the franchise's cinematic golden age of the 70s and 80s, I also wanted to be sure to capture the present as it's unfolding, or at least a glimpse of it while it's still fresh. With that in mind, this episode is going to be bouncing between two films, both with Jedi and their titles, and two generations. Connecting it all is that experience of seeing Star Wars on the big screen, and at the heart of it, I'd argue that the significance of that experience is still the same. Now, regardless of how one feels about The Last Jedi, it's still reverberating a few weeks after its release. I honestly can't stop thinking about it, but my personal views on the new films aren't really what this podcast is about. I'll just say that this one challenged me, and if I could describe it with three words, they'd have to be preposterous yet profound. It took staying away from the... <laughs> fervent discussion and a little bit of time for me to work things out. And if you're really curious, I posted a review over on the blog at StarWarsAtTheMovies.com. My friend Sky and I also riff about the movie quite a bit via the vintage toys in our now traditional Vintage Winners and Losers episode on the 87th Kivecast, so I've already said plenty. I love it, uh, despite its flaws. Anyhow, getting back to the experience and who you share it with. I happened to see The Last Jedi with one of my best longtime friends in this episode's feature presentation guest, a Kentuckian by the name of Brock Walker. I've known Brock going on 18 years now, and we've spent an unfathomable number of hours talking about Star Wars, life, baseball, and Star Wars. When The Force Awakens came out just over two years ago, Brock and his wife flew out to Los Angeles to see it with my wife and I for the first time, and as it turns out, a tradition was born. For episode 8, we headed east to see it with them on opening night at the Opry Mills Regal Cinema in Nashville, Tennessee, trading post-screening California burritos for some legitimate pre-movie barbecue, and we all left in quite a daze. Two days and plenty of biscuits and gravy later, we drove to the town of Sykeston, Missouri for a second viewing at the relatively brand new Cinema Grill run by Malco Theaters, a chain that goes back over a hundred years in the southern United States. The choice of venue was merely a means to an end, as we were actually headed for some throat rolls and more ridiculous country cooking portions at the nearby Lambert's Cafe. If you've never heard of sorghum, you are seriously missing out. But that's beside the point. 
This time we had a younger walker in tow, and seeing the movie through his eyes was... a game changer. Like his father before him, Bronx Walker is a Jedi kid. And like his father, he's drawn to the legend that is Luke Skywalker. But both Brock and I were, or let's face it, still are, Jedi kids from a different era. Return of the Jedi is the film responsible for shaping us into the fans and collectors we are today. With that, it's time to head back down south to the friendliest small town in America, Murray, Kentucky. I invite every man, woman, and child to share with me the joy and warmth of the Kentucky Fried Movie. You got a right to chicken done right. I make it tender, juicy, every bite. I make fresh hot biscuits and tasty fresh coleslaw. You got a right to chicken done right. Though USA Today and Rand McNally officially gave Murray the friendliest small town status, I have to completely agree. I've paid several visits to the Walker stomping grounds over the years, and it's always a welcome change of pace from a big city like LA. Open space, country roads, great food, and good times. It's finger looking good! Before we get to the interview, a few traditional brief bits of historical context on the theaters you'll hear about. Brock briefly mentions his first theatrical visit to see The Empire Strikes Back at the Sine Theater, which used to reside across the road from the Murray State Racers football field. It closed sometime in the mid-late 80s, and in its place currently stands a Sherwin-Williams paint store in a more uh, fully developed strip mall. We drove by to pay our respects. More central to Brock's story is the Cherie Theater on Chestnut Street. Originally opened in 1967 as the Capri by a man named Tommy Brown, the name was eventually changed to the Cherie, and the exterior marquee still retains its 1960s charm. In the mid-80s, Brown retired and sold the theater to his brother-in-law, who as of several years ago was still running it with the help of his sons. The Cherie is the only movie theater still running in Murray, and I paid my first and only visit with Brock in the summer of 2005 to see Revenge of the Sith one last time. I'm too weak! Oh, don't kill me! As painful as it was, we both figured that was going to be it in terms of Star Wars on the big screen. Uh, Thankfully, that wasn't the case. But anyhow, on to where things all began. Time to hit the feature presentation. And now for our feature presentation. in 1976 in the hopping town of Murray, Kentucky. Uh, still here, been here my whole life. Uh, before Star Wars, let's see, uh, probably, in all honesty, I don't know if I can remember anything before Star Wars. I mean, when I think back about all my interests as a kid, it pretty much stems around that, G.I. Joe and baseball and a few other things, and I don't know what it would be before Star Wars. Uh, not exactly sure where it come into play in my life, but just suddenly one day was there. And before that, who knows? So what are your first memories of seeing any Star Wars movie in a theater? 
Uh, let's see. Uh, I guess earliest memory would be uh, going to a local theater called the Cine. I'm not sure what year it was. It could have been on the original release. It could have been in a re-release for all I know. But uh, with seeing Empire Strikes Back, uh, the thing that really resonated with me was the Hoth battle. Uh, the the snow and everything really captured my imagination and I uh, thought it was fantastic. Uh, I, I don't remember a whole lot about the rest of the movie other than you know the big Vader reveal and being really confused when I come out of the theater. Uh, but, uh, after that, it seemed like I was kind of hooked because it wasn't long before I couldn't wait for the next film to come out. So your, your big movie was Return of the Jedi then. So where did you see it and, uh, who did you see it with? Oh, wow. Return of the Jedi. Uh, you know, I don't really remember seeing the previews on TV, just knowing that it was coming out. My mom kept me informed, you know, repeatedly, you know, it's coming this time, it's coming that time, whatever, and uh, did somewhat of a little countdown in my own head, I suppose, but I went uh, to the local theater here called the Cherie 3, a uh, theater still standing, by the way, and I've seen all the other films in the theater since. Uh, I was I was super excited because, you know, I, I couldn't wait to see what Luke Skywalker was going to do or become next. Uh, she was the only person i actually seen it with, but she was the one, you know, steady Star Wars presence in my whole life. And, you know, looking back on those days, it, it was amazing. You know, I, I still try my best to get back and actually see the new films in the same theater because it meant so much to me at the time. Okay, so uh, what are your memories of the theater at the time you saw Jedi? And, and has the theater changed a lot over the years? The very first thing that I remember uh, is actually being outside standing in the parking lot. I can remember standing in line with my mom, uh, you know, being pretty excited about it, seeing the other kids and their parents out there and anticipating going in. Uh, as far as getting inside and checking things out, I, I don't know that I paid too much attention because I couldn't actually wait to get into the theater itself. Um, it was uh, theater number one, which is still standing uh, over the years. They're now up to seven theaters as opposed to the original three that was there. And there's been quite a few changes over the years of remodeling everything. But the, the best part about it is, is that the theater that I originally seen it in is still standing, uh, which is, you know, a real treat for me any time that I get a chance to see another Star Wars movie in the exact same theater. The, the addition of how they expanded so much, you know, from the original three theaters, it's, it, the changes are quite immense. But, uh, I don't know, it's, it, it's, it's pretty neat to be able to go back and check things out in that original theater. Uh, the funny thing is, is actually whenever I was in college, I uh, majored in broadcast journalism and uh, was working for the TV station uh, doing news reports and everything. And one of my assignments was, was to go out and actually do a story about the the new additions whenever they added the the final two theaters which are the stadium style seating or whatever it was a pretty big deal in this town because you know all the previous theaters we had were of somewhat low quality compared to what you can get today and uh it was pretty exciting being able to go to talk to the owner and see all the new improvements and everything and you know getting to do that and be involved in some way with that kind of stuff it, it was pretty neat and i don't know uh now usually you know get to check out the new films in those particular theaters. So it, it, it's it's neat seeing the contrast between then and now. One of the really cool aspects about it, actually, is that the original marquee that has been there uh, probably well before I was ever going to the theater. I mean, the theater's been around for 50, 60 years at least. Uh, it was originally called the Capri, and now it's called the Cherie. And every time they've redone it, they've kept the original marquee, maybe just changed the letters and updated you know the paint on it a little bit here and there. Uh, and then over the years, the things that I've noticed is a lot of the movie posters, you know, the the one sheets and everything that they've got for all their films, they now actually use inside as the wallpaper for the walls, at least of the old part of the theater. Uh, they ever so often paste new ones up, and it creates a kind of a collage of all the movies they've had over the years. I could have sworn when I was here visiting you way back that we'd gone to the theater to actually rent something. Was there a little vi like video rental store there at one point? 
Yeah, actually, you're you're right about that. It was pretty neat back then because uh, back when video, you know, VHS tapes and everything started, you know, dominating people, finding it cheaper to go home and watch a movie as opposed to go out or whatever. The theater adapted uh, in the section where Theater One was, which is you know still standing, was in use at that time. They actually converted to a little concession area, and just to the side of it, when you come in the front door. You know, there's where the rental section was over the years. I mean, that lasted for quite a while, actually. And then over the years, they uh, blocked it off a little bit over there and made it a separate whole little rental building, even though while the theater was still going or whatever. And But as uh, rentals have died out again somewhat, they, they've now turned it just into the ticket office itself. Uh, but it was pretty neat being able to, you know, you could either go sit in the theater, watch a movie, or you could just rent movies from them. So what were your initial impressions of Return of the Jedi, and were there any particular moments or or scenes or, or characters that had an impact on you from the start? Wow, with me being, you know, about six and a half years old at the time, it was a lot for me to take in, uh... I didn't see the original Star Wars in theaters, and I, I'm not sure if I remember seeing them before, you know, or after this, really. But uh, so a lot of the environments, you know, like Tatooine and everything, were new to me. So that was pretty exciting to see. Uh, Job of the Hut was, you know, blew my mind. But uh, probably the uh, the biggest moments for me was anything involving the throne room. Uh, to see Luke with a green lightsaber was amazing. I mean, green was actually my favorite color growing up, so that made it even better. And the first time actually seeing a green saber was awesome and just you know rooting for him you know to triumph over vader or whatever as a kid i hated vader pretty badly i mean he was a cool character and all but you know i i really pulled for luke he was a hero of mine growing up you failed your highness i am a jedi like my father before me so did you have any chances to see it again at the at the theater you know, uh, if I did, I don't really recall it that much. Uh, I, I don't remember my parents ever really wanting to take me to see something a second time. Uh, you know, times were a little bit tougher then. Schedules were busier. So, you know, I kept replaying it in my own mind, but I don't really remember seeing it a second time theater. But the, the funny thing is, is the reason it resonates with me so much is uh, my mom worked at a local Kroger uh, and was the manager there. And that was back at the height of you being able to go into stores and rent VCRs, you know, to watch things that... Every weekend, it really wasn't a question of if I was going to get to see Return of the Jedi. It was more of a question of, is it going to be VHS or beta this weekend? You know, because it was going to be one of the two, no doubt. It it really become an every weekend thing in my life. Your VCR may never be the same. It's coming February 25th. Return of the Jedi. It's thrilling. It's dangerous. It's delightful. It's the movie our whole galaxy has been waiting for. So reserve your copy now and invite a friend over. Return of the Jedi from CBS Fox. So did you have a desire to to take the movie home with you? Um, And were you interested in the merchandise at all from the early going? Absolutely. I mean, what kid would want to take something like that home with them? Uh, I mean, it it was amazing to see, and it was even more fun to, you know, play with and interact with. I mean, not just the toys, but, you know, I had the t-shirts and <clears throat> posters and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, any chance to go home and either act like my favorite characters or play with my favorite characters was, you know, amazing and a, a, has become a really big part of my life. So I know a lot of kids may have even been exposed to some of the merchandise and toys before actually really being aware of, of the movies themselves. Was that the case with you? 
You know, yeah, I really think it was. Uh, you know, I, I can remember going back to, you know, at my babysitter's house, I had a friend that would bring some of the toys over. And in my own mind, it seems like it predates me actually seeing the movies or whatever. And I, I always thought the toys were really cool. And I, I think that's really what probably, you know, ramped up my interest in it. So how has Star Wars maintained an influence on your life? And, you know, what part, if any, did that original you know, movie-going experience seeing Return of the Jedi play in that? It's crazy when I think back on it now or whatever, how far I've come along in this, you know, Star Wars world, so to speak. Uh, You know, as a kid, these toys and these movies that I had such an affinity for, I I never realized would provide me with the opportunities that I've had to make, you know, some of the greatest friends I could ever possibly imagine having, experiencing, you know, some of the most amazing things with Star Wars, everything from just, you know, Hanging out with people or being involved in celebrations and stuff with Lucasfilm and all that. it's it's it blows my mind. I, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm living a dream, you know, with all this stuff and really after I know that's kinda of cliche, but really that's what it's like. I look back on it and it's all stemmed from my mom taking me to Return of the Jedi and, you know, the rest is history. It just it, it blew up from there. You know, I look back on it and I, you know, I just realize how fortunate I've been and really where in this world would I be without Star Wars? The the stuff it's, you know, the joy it's given me and the opportunities it's provided is just amazing. I wouldn't be who I am without it. So the whole reason I'm, I'm lucky to be doing this in person with you is that, you know, I've, I've come out to visit you and your family to see the newest Star Wars, The Last Jedi, which we've kind of made a fun tradition of, of seeing these new films together, you know, going one place or the other. And uh, it's just, you know, we saw it today with your son Bronx. What is it like to be able to bring your son now to see Star Wars in the theater after all these years? Things like this weekend is what's really amazing about all of this. Uh, Being able to see it with good friends and family and... Like you said, it's, it's become a tradition. It's something I look forward to each time a film is released. Uh, uh, we, we've already seen it twice. We've seen it opening night and then again earlier today. Uh, the thing, the difference between those is, is the first night, it, it was great seeing it, but I didn't get to take my son until the second one. And the real joy for me, it, it, it's funny because the first one, there's a lot of moments that really tug at your heartstrings, but it didn't really make me all that emotional. But seeing my son react to him this afternoon, that's really what got me. Uh, it, it's so fun to sit him, you know, see him sit back and enjoy the way I am, to be in awe of all the same moments that I would have been, and to see him, you know, get upset and be happy with everything. It's it's really an emotional thing. Uh, uh, I didn't come close to crying the first viewing, but today there were several moments I thought I was going to lose it watching him just out of pure joy. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting uh, <laughs> next to Bronx, and you know, just sitting there watching him react was was uh, was really really something special. And and luckily, uh, he was actually game for a, a post screening interview. So this will be a first on the uh, Star Wars at the Movies podcast. But here is a, uh, a next generation fan coming fresh out of a screening of The Last Jedi. <laughs> with a young gentleman by the name of Bronx Walker. How old are you, Bronx? Seven. <laughs> and uh, what did you just see? Uh, 
The whole big movie about Star Wars. <laughs> eight. Star Wars eight. And what did you think? Awesome. <laughs> what was uh, what was your favorite scene? Um, when Luke and Kylo Ren fight. Oh, and then what what surprised you about that? That uh, old Luke is a ghost. Now, which scene scared you the most? I don't know. Did any scene scare you? Yes, because I thought Ray was going to be on the dark side, but she is not. Well, that's probably a good thing. So what did you think about this theater that you saw it at? We're, we're at the, the Malco Cinema in Sykeston, Missouri. What did you think? It was good. Did you like the, the 2D? Yes. And who did you see the movie with? Um, Shannon Brock, um, Tessa and Steve, and Brox. That's me. <laughs> so do you, uh, do you have a Star Wars collection of your own? I do. I have, like, a lot of Star Wars toys. Oh, and also, come to my house and see my old Luke figure. I'm lucky that I've, I've already gotten to do that, so that's good. Which, uh, which toy are you going to play with when you get home? Oh, Luke and Kylo Ren. I think you were smart, because right night, last night before you saw the movie, that's exactly what you were doing. But do you think it'll be the same way this time? Yes. <laughs> Good. You're sticking to your vision. Yes, I am. Did you have any favorite new characters? I did. Who were they? Oh, Luke. Um. Rose. Yeah? Uh. That's all. And black baby eight. Oh. <laughs> So have you seen other Star Wars movies at the theater? Yes, um, Rogue One, Star Wars 7, then 8, which is today, of December yeah. 16, if you don't know the date is 12-16-17. So what do you like about seeing Star Wars at the movie theater compared to seeing it at home? I think the theaters is pretty good because it has a giant screen, not a little screen, because that, that would not be good. Let's do more, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> what did you think about when Yoda showed up? I thought when he burned that place down at Luke, like, I thought Yoda was trying to kill Luke. I thought! But he was trying to teach him a new lesson, right? Not exactly. Now, I know you liked the Porgs before you saw the movie. What did you think about once you actually saw them on screen? I thought they were so cute. My favorite animals are Porgs, Ice Crystal Wolves, and... Is there any other animals? Well, there was those horse things. Oh, yeah. And horse, those. The space things. horses? <laughs> I guess. When the kid boy looked at on the space horse thing, um, the horse was looking kind of cute. It was making a very cute face. It's true. Would you drink any of that weird green milk that Luke drank? Of course no. Pretty gross, right? Absolutely gross.
It was really gross at that guy at the snow place when there was red under the snow. It was really gross when he tasted it. <laughs> when he tasted the salt? Yes. Did you have any big questions when the movie was over? Some. What were they? I don't remember. Okay, you'll remember in two years when the next one comes out, right? No. So let me get this straight. If Kylo Ren killed um, Leonardo Snow just to save Rey, and um, Kylo Ren um, defeated um, the Red Curtain guys um, to help with Rey killing them, and on the end when they all killed them, Kylo Ren... I thought Kylo Ren was going to be on the light side now, but he's still on the dark side and said ready to join him. Yeah, they're still not going to get along for a while, huh? Yes. So you're pretty excited to see it again? Yeah! Well, thanks again, Bronx. It was great hearing from you. You're welcome. I just want to say thanks again to Brock for for hosting me and my wife for this awesome weekend and uh, and for doing the podcast. It's it's something I've been intending to do and it just happened to work out really well that that I could uh, I could do it in person here in the great little town of Murray, Kentucky. So thanks again, Brock. And uh, I know we'll be uh, talking again soon, but I think right about now it's probably time for some uh, PlayStation Four Home Run Derby. That's usually the uh, the late night tradition around here. You know, the pleasure has really been all mine. We always, you know, look forward to you guys coming out and getting a chance to do all this stuff, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Uh, thanks for having me on, and glad to talk about it, and can't wait till the next time. Uh, other than that, batter up. Thanks again to the entire Walker family for having us and keeping that streak alive. I'm already looking forward to whatever's in store for Nine. It'll be here before we know it. In terms of this podcast, I'll be sticking more strictly to the classics over the next few installments, and hopefully heading back out abroad for some international perspective. Fingers crossed. In the meantime, full show notes and images for this episode are up on the post on the main site, starwarsatthemovies.com. If you haven't already, you can follow the project's latest on Instagram at at starwarsatthemovies and on the site's official Facebook page. 
And be sure to join in on the Facebook group too. There have been some great vintage theater ads posted by previous guest Michael Coate and uh, several UK nuggets from the upcoming author on the Star Wars phenomenon in Britain, Craig Stevens, among many others. I uh, really enjoy hearing from you there and would love to see more. And one last announcement on a related note. I recently set up a new theatrical photo gallery section on the website, and I'm putting out the call to the Star Wars community for submissions of photos from your recent excursions at the movies throughout the world, and particularly those that capture the, the locales, theaters, marquees, billboards, signage, displays, the lobbies, lines, all that kind of stuff. You can submit them via email to starwarsatthemovies at gmail.com, and of course, any photos that are featured on the site will be credited. It's been fun documenting things here in the LA area, but it'd be great to uh, cast a wider net and represent how the movies are being advertised and experienced elsewhere. Thanks for your support in that, and for listening. Until next time, remember... Relax. It's only a movie, and it's all for fun.